let's record a podcast about um, writing poems and being a person. That is the uh, that is the premise of the show. I've really noticed how creaky this chair has gotten. And uh, I tried flipping it over and fixing it, but one of the, I don't know what they are, it's not the screw, like the threading on the tightening thing, it's all kind of stripped somehow. Maybe uh, from too much sitting. So it is what it is, but we'll just uh, have to learn to love the creaking chair. Or maybe I'll get a new one. So last week we had a very special guest on the show, Miss Nora. And today she's sleeping with her mother in the other room. And uh, we just took her on her first stroller walk, which uh, was very fun. And uh, as many times as we've done um, that route, we walked and that exact same route, um, taking, having her with us in a stroller, it's just a different, um, different life. And uh, one that I'm very happy with and uh, many more walks to come. Um, I think every every poem this week is about her. Um, it seems absurd to write about anything else at this moment. Um, and really, I'm just happy that I was able to figure out the time to write anything at all. Um, so it's it's a good thing when i was um cooking or something i was listening to a podcast um the wtf podcast with mark Marin. he had on uh the great jeremy strong the actor and um there was kind of like a bonus like content thing that that i um really enjoyed hearing so i transcribed it um, before recording here and it's really like this transcription I just really got to say is like um, I really kind of manhandled it into something that all of the interjections from the interviewer from Mark Marin I took out just to have kind of a straightforward train of thought so really it's it's not taken out of context but he didn't like um say things in so straightforward and clearly as i'm going to read them but let's see uh let's see how it is you have to come up against and contend with and sort of take real inventory of your own limitations and accept that you are not them you are some version of you and you can take lessons, but really accepting some fundamental basic, you know, I'm not this anything extraordinary. There's a moment where if you're lucky 
And if I think if you're in right the right relationship to your life, you start to be within yourself. And when you're within yourself, in a really simple, unremarkable way, that gives you a density. A lot of my 20s and 30s were really about getting to a point where I had to let the fantasy of, quote, making it die. I had to let the dream die. It's that thing of living at your level. I remember getting to a point where I had to decide because it just wasn't happening creatively. And out of that, you either in that moment give up or you commit because you love this thing or because you're compelled. And what the fuck else am I going to do? But I think commitment without attachment to what it's going to look like, I'm going to try and work hard and take risks and in a sense, give up. Reading it in that context, as I just did, I can see probably makes little sense. (laughs) I like took the, I guess without like his inflections, which are really specific and the interjections, it kind of loses its footing. That doesn't matter um, too much, but let me try to explain what, um, what that meant to me and how I related it back to my life right now. So really what they're saying is um, you event as you grow and mature, you start to understand what your limitations are and you start to accept yourself um, as something that's perhaps not extraordinary. And then once you've really started to accept yourself and you've let this dream of making it die, um, then you can start to do um, real work, I, I guess is kind of how to phrase it. But it's this it's, it's really interesting to hear them talk about, about it. Um, you know, he says, I had to spend a lot of my 20s and 30s just getting to a point where I had to let this fantasy of making it die. Um, which I suppose is encouraging to me in, you know, when, when, when I see myself as a younger person, I have these great big ambitions and you don't really know the limit of your uh, artistic capacity, your creative abilities, and it hasn't been tested and you haven't tested it yourself and it's just the world seems so big. And then it seems you go through um, each year and you start to push that forward as much as possible, but then realize how much the world and your expectation of the world is pushing back on that and how little the world actually needs or cares about that, um, that ambition or that need on your end to keep doing this thing. And, uh, but you keep going, you just do. And, and uh, what do they say? In that moment, you give up or you commit because you love this thing or because you're compelled. And what the fuck else am I going to do? 
but I think commitment without attachment to what it's going to look like, um, that's huge. And I feel like that's been a lot of the growth of a lot of the best parts of all of a lot of the good things that have happened recently are me figuring that out more and more. So I thought I just really enjoyed that. Um, and, uh, the, the, one of the problems is you, then you start almost like turn failure or like not making it as your goal. And that can be a little confusing where you're like, Oh, look, like the fact that I don't have a publishing deal and, uh, you know, whatever your, you feel like your deficiencies are, um, it, you kind of wear them as a badge of honor, but it's like, you know, that's not really what it is. It's more like the, the reality of it, the humbling yourself about it, etc. that, that you need to kind of accept and, and then see what's left and what desire you have. So, so that's great. That's all fine and dandy. Um, but we're, I think what I wanted to kind of add to it in my own way, I was, um, standing, Nora was crying and, um, Miriam was taking a shower and, you know, I was just, (laughs) there's the difference of like being with her when, when Miriam's around and then being with her when it's just me and her. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's two different worlds, um, where I can't be like, Hey, should we do this? Oh, da, da, da. And, and mom will handle it really. And I'll just kind of do what, what mom says, do what Miriam says. Um, so it's just me and her and, uh, it's like a heightened sense of responsibility and, and attention. And, and she was, we, I just stood up and, and was holding her and we were standing by the window and, um, she was kind of looking out, um, at the lights, really kind of like, uh, um, really beautiful moment. And in that moment, I was like, just feeling, um, seeing her and, and seeing like how complete she is as a, as even as a one week old person, she's still very complete. She just is, she's just entirely herself, entirely there. Um, there was, she's, she's just like the being around a baby, which is something I'm really new at their, their presence, the amount of presence they have, I think is really strong. Um, you really can feel it and it really makes you present. There's ever like, um, you just very much get into, into the moment when, when you're, I think in the presence of a baby. And then I guess I was, as my thoughts were wandering, I thought back to that conversation I was listening to between, um, Jeremy Strong and Mark Marin there, where I just kind of made that kind of insane, um, quote, uh, thing about, and that feeling eventually that a person gets where it's like, I need to be extraordinary and how, what's my capacity? How much can I 
do and how big of a person can I be and you know what's the limit and all this kind of stuff you start kind of losing sight of your real self and you're looking for that the approval elsewhere from the world of like you know um the success as as a person in whatever field but um in this context in the in the creative field and i i guess it seems like what the a lot i'm sure when i was a baby when i was her age when i was one week old i was as complete as as any baby would be um all there's no remarkable baby they're all they're all remarkable because they're exactly who they are and then it's like okay that's your starting point and then you got to spend you know your life trying to get back there trying to accept yourself and become yourself and it was always there as it's very clear when i look at her it's it's there her who she is is i believe is very much there and she's going to spend her life trying to i guess understand what that is and uh maybe you, i don't you can't obviously ever get there fully but that's a lot of um it's a lot of it it's a lot of what we're all doing i think so i don't know i thought that was great and i think it just helped me kind of being around her is helping me uh accept myself really at at a really f- kind of um at a, a faster pace than i would have thought i guess so it's good okay let's read some poems where did the week begin on okay june 25th this was a week ago <clears throat> today nora was the third day of your life you slept on my stomach and we watched hbo you are kind and calm and sensitive and understanding your mother sings to you often she has an impossible amount of love to give you being with you these past 3 days has brought me a sense of fulfillment that transcends anything i've known before i feel finally like i am where i am meant to be um that's that's great um i guess uh one thing that i found last week and then this week the i read these things and then i'm uh, i don't have as much to like judge i don't feel as judgmental um about things at the moment like oh that was a, that was a good one that was a bad one oh i should have wrote this way or what did i miss or something um even to judge something like this feels pretty 
pretty dumb. It's just like, you know, I'm just, I'm writing how I feel in the most kind of honest way that I can figure out. And, uh, and I'm happy to do it. Let's see. Um, here's one, our baby daughter, it's called. Today we walked with our baby daughter. The sun was a bit hot and we became worried. There was mud on the ground and we became worried. I can see that she has a strong and resilient spirit. I can see that she might be a bit of a diva and that she is very understanding of people and their shortcomings. I know that is a lot to think about someone who only learned how to blink earlier this afternoon, but that is what it seems like to me. I have been falling in love with this little baby for a few days now. Even when she cries, I feel in love with her cry. Usually when people cry, I find it annoying, but not her, not our baby daughter. Um, we've been, this, this um, idea of her being a diva, I said that and, and Miriam was like, we were like trying to figure out what that meant. What is like, cause she's like, she's not a, how could she be a diva? Like, I don't know. I just feel like she's kind of a diva. And, I, and it's not, a, I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, here, let me look it up. The word diva. Okay, so a diva is a famous female opera singer. That's the first definition. A famous female singer of popular music. And then here, okay, here's the third one. A self-important person who is temperamental and difficult to please. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel very much like a self-important person who is temperamental and difficult to please. Um, but it's more that when I, when I say that I feel like she's a diva, I feel like it's a good thing. I feel like she's like, it's like a thing of confidence. Um, and, it, and really it was the moment I, I saw her, the moment she was born, um, I had this, and I think I write about this in a, in a few posts here, but, um, I just had this feeling of being, uh, intimidated by this, this kind of powerful little creature. And, and that's kind of what I mean about the, the being a diva. It's like, um, I don't know, like a Nina Simone or like a Beyonce or a Cher or like a Cindy Lauper or whatever, like a, it's their, the power that they have over you and they're, they have demands, but their demands are warranted even if they're not because their, their talent is, um, so extraordinary, um, you know, in that way that, I mean, that's confusing <laughs> as far as everything I was talking about before that that idea of extraordinary talent transcendent talent it's so it's it's so much it's so larger than life that's the diva um 
I think that's what I mean is that she feel if I feel like she has this larger than life kind of um power um but meanwhile I'm like the whole point of everything I've ever known is like the more you forget that and and accept that you don't have that power the better so there's kind of a weird a weird paradigm there maybe of our expectations of our kids i'm like a weak old parent so i feel like any parenting thoughts i have are just like so beginner but maybe that's kind of what starts happening is like we start we've we've humbled and ex- and the more we've accepted our shortcomings and who we are but then it's like oh the things that i didn't do and then you're looking at this kid and you're like you're extraordinary <laughs> and uh how to teach her to be humble i think is uh i can see how that is really important and how to teach her to be confident as i was you know we were talking about that when we were on our stroller walk today like this is what i want for her is to be able to really do things for herself like how do i teach her to wash her own dish and not see it as a chore just be like look like you we ate our meal and having her cook it as much as possible and then at the end of the meal it's like how do you get to a point where it's like look i'll wash my bowl you wash your bowl or today i'll do the washing and tomorrow you'll do it or something but it's like what seems to be an issue is when the when the when you the kids start having these expectations and they don't have the sense of being able to do things for themselves and it's more about the confidence than like the laziness or whatever i'm sure as she gets older i will completely eat my words and see what the 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 fallacy in my thinking here and why that's just not a reality but that's my that would be my goal is to be able to just teach her to do things for herself and uh and take care of herself i don't know is that maybe that isn't too much to ask and uh how can we how can we do that for that's the best thing don't do everything for her okay so those were the first two posts let's see what else i'm trying to i'm trying to think about how i'm feeling right now and it's definitely a weird like you know you think about act breaks in life like these kind of moments where something happened and you can't really go back it's a true line in the sand um and i was thinking about this it in my class we do we talk a lot about act breaks at, at the, the course i teach um story structure and all that and uh i always am like use the example like look usually when someone dies that's a, probably the easiest clue of like okay there's an act break 
like something that the character did that they cannot no longer go back from. And um, what I realized this week was that an, uh, actually just as much of an act break as someone being born, as someone dying. I never thought of it that way. Um, so the act break in, in, um, in my life is obviously the, the, the birth of our daughter. And now that I'm like trying to do this podcast or write or whatever I used to do with this new perspective of having this daughter, I'm just like, um, like, I don't even, it's, it's different. I feel, I feel different. I feel like, excuse me, the, the wiring in my brain has changed. Like literally it feels like the, my brain is physically changing, um, to, um, as we've had, as we've had her, it's just like, what, it's hard. What thoughts can you have and what things can you do that, um, um, that don't have, don't prioritize her. And it's just yourself. It's like, where do you fit in to your a life with um, when you have kids, especially an infant? Um, not a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal. But um, I'm happy to figure it out is what I mean by that. All right. Next one. It's our baby daughter. Wait a second. Yes, I just read this one. So that was three out of six. All right, lactation consultant. We went to an appointment at the lactation consultant earlier. We learned a lot and got some help. I asked the nurse there what people did before formula. if They couldn't produce enough milk. She didn't answer, and I found myself asking again. She looked at me and said that the infant mortality rate was a lot higher. If I was to reorganize our government, I would reroute the entire tax budget into the hospitals. Everything else could be left alone. It isn't that I have a grievance with the way things are. It's just that I'm very grateful for everything the hospitals have done for us and our baby. I think that the more resources the hospitals have, to help anyone who needs to be there, the better. We will return to the hospital again next week for a follow-up. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, yeah, I guess the, the reality of, it's so, it feels so rotten to even think of it, but, um, infant mortality is, is it, that exists. That's, that's the reality of people. Some people face so far beyond, um, nothing would be worse than that. It seems like an impossibility to comprehend and manage, but I know people do it. And historically, um, it happened 
more than it would now. And there was kind of a weird moment with that that nurse there where I was like such a so naively asking like, well, what is, uh, what did people do before formula? And she's like, well, uh, that they didn't do, there's nothing to do. I mean, I'm sure there's more to the story than that, but um, that was what she told me. And I was like, right, this is, this is really serious, obviously. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to say about all that. But, um, you know, before she was born, the amount of thoughts I had about what could happen. And, and I really had to spend, put some, put a lot of thought into maintaining the, um, the, the positive outcome that everything was going to be okay. I think I wrote a few posts about that, but if you've kind of let your mind wander or it was, it's easy to just imagine things not working out. It's harder for me to imagine things working out well, for some reason, I feel like it takes more effort to have faith in the things being okay. And, uh, and things are okay. And we had a healthy baby and Miriam's healthy. I'm healthy and we're doing great. And now we can continue on with that. Um, but it's impossible to really imagine how completely lucky we are that, that things have worked out so well. And it's very common for things to work out. It truly is, but not a guarantee. And uh, this whole thing about the, it's true. I really do have the sense that like, and I, I'm so ignorant when it comes to um, anything as far as government spending is concerned and, and all of that, that whole world. I shouldn't even, I have no real right talking about it, considering how little effort I put into understanding it. But um but truly, I do have the sense that, like, why would we spend money on until our healthcare system is completely like maximized? Why would we put any money into anything else? Really, whenever you get sick, or you really think about getting sick, or you you know you're in this place where you're thinking of uh, taking care of all of these these babies. It's like no spent, no expense should be spared. You know, there's nothing else. This is it's everything. It's literally everything. I do believe that, and uh, I'm so it's so seldom that I write anything, you know, remotely. <laughs> it's it's an exaggeration too. Like I'm I'm playing with the ignorance, but I don't know. I guess I wanted to talk about that a bit. let alone, you know, I'm in Canada here, uh, compared to most any other country in the world, like, we're already above and beyond, um, you know, have so many resources towards these kind of things. It's, it's impossible. I can't even, I can't even understand uh, the realities of 
what this actually is, you know? So really responsibly, I think the only, what I can do is just not, don't lose sight of how lucky uh, we are and to yeah to to really just remember that okay i've been watching my wife become a mother she's taking perfect care of our daughter i never had any doubts that she would i know that our daughter will always look up to her i can see it already and i feel like I will always look up to our daughter. She is heroic and how she seizes every moment with total presence. When I look at her, I feel like I'm connected to something that is beyond spirituality, beyond God and beyond love. It transcends all of that shit. It goes beyond the diaper. Um, it's really hard to try to put into words like how it feels to kind of be close to to your baby and to feel the love you feel for for baby it's something i've heard of um in the past and and you know from my own parents and from other parents and whatever but obviously it's my first time like experiencing it and it seems like all the other kind of institutions of, of like love, religion, God, spirituality, all that, those kind of big, larger than life descriptors, it doesn't, doesn't do it justice. It's something, it's beyond all that. Um, and uh, there's a lot of comfort in that. That's one thing I, I guess I didn't like keep kind of coming back to is I thought that what I didn't realize about um, having a kid is how good you feel um, like how much love you have and how kind of soft and and warm everything feels despite the change in lifestyle the lack of sleep the stress all that kind of stuff you're just, you're literally in love. You're feeling so many big feelings like that, that it's, it was, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't realize that would be the case. It's really made this, um, this past week feel like the most real, you know, when you, when you look back and, and think of like what summer might've felt like when you were a young kid, it's really a kind of romantic idea of like summer vacation or just all of, all of that this is definitely the most i've felt that way probably ever as far as like a real um real love in and it's you know in the summer month here and uh it's it's it makes it easy in a way i'm not bored or sad or lost or having some existential kind of, you know, weird idea or something. But, um, 
yeah i didn't i don't i guess i just didn't think that would i didn't know i didn't know and make that many assumptions but it's really it's so enjoyable to just be around the uh our our new family here and i really don't i don't think there's anything more than that in the world i don't think i think that's got it that's the height of what i've experienced so yeah it's really special this is what i'd say if you are someone who wants a kid one day or maybe are sort of want a kid but you're kind of worried about something or scared to have a kid I would, as a week, as a, as I've been a parent now for a week, this is, um, what I would say is, um, you should do it. <laughs> it's really, um, you should just do it if that's what, something you want. Don't, don't think about, you'll figure it out. It's, it's a really, it's so natural as much as it's so different. And there's all these new things to learn. It's actually the most normal thing. So, you know, just do it. Just give it. A, just uh, give it a whirl. Um. All right. Two more. Whatever way she sees fit. She hates it when we change her diaper. She becomes inconsolable. I don't know why. Maybe because it is cold on her butt. She screams at a higher register than usual, like she's being terrorized. I get the impression that in her mind, getting her diaper changed is the worst thing that has ever happened to her in her life. And it might very well be. And what's worse is that it keeps happening over and over again. It's true that going to the bathroom is a strange thing. Truly, it is a bizarre and terrifying experience. I suppose realizing that the milk that made you so happy has now been processed through your body and is now and is decomposed into vile excrement is a brutal measure of reality. She is right. Trying to comprehend the change from one end to another is a lot to handle. She is right to scream until all of the blood in her entire body is collected into her face. I don't know if anyone is capable of fully reconciling the idea, but in time I hope she will become more used to it. In the meantime, she deserves to express herself in whatever way she sees fit. Um, a lot of what I've been doing this past week is learning to changing diapers and learning to change diapers. It's just what you do. And uh, and she's hysterical. Not actually, that's not, I should say, like the last few, she's actually calming. There's been a few where she hasn't cried and it's like, what's wrong? But um, generally she, it's like for most of those days, she just hated it. I'm like, why do you hate this so much? 
Um, I'm sure there's there's an obvious reason. Um, like you'd think it's more relief, like we're like cleaning you up and all this. I don't know. But um, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to approach this thing without just thinking it's just, it all becomes Freud, I guess, in a way. I'm just like, from the moment you're born, you're just like realizing your own mortality or something. I don't know if that's at all Freud, but it just feels like of that world. Um, you can't even comprehend this, but I don't know. I'm just messing around. I don't really know anything. Um, but it's a lot. It's just like... Nothing in her whole... Everything we do drives her so crazy than this changing her diaper. And if you think about, like, going to the bathroom as, like, a fundamental thing you've been doing for your entire life. <laughs> like... However many times a day, it's just this, like, thing. And it's like, there's so much, like, humor around it. And it's something we never, we don't talk about. Unless we're joking or trying to be disgusting. And it's just, like, the most definitive, like... It's the most... It's just, you're seeing, like, the, like, decomposition and death, like through your own self and uh and it's this daily thing that we just kind of push aside and hide in these weird little rooms um everywhere we go just like where's the bathroom it's just like closed off secret little secret hangout that we need and <laughs> Oh, it's such a stupid thing to think about. Not to think about, but it's such a stupid thing to talk about. But it's just... It's such a big part of our lives. But we pretend that it's not. And and the baby... The babies teach us that it's, uh, it's, it's actually a huge deal. It's like, did you forget how uh, fucking crazy this is? Like, we can, you know... Everything else is like, I'm actually pretty calm and interested in it. I can't even comprehend it, but this is fucking nuts. And they're like, they lose their minds over it. And does that really ever go away? You know, there's no, there's no figuring this out, but, but she's right. It's crazy. All right, the last poem for the week. This is this is a crazy episode, um, but I mean it's uh, it's a new world. I got to figure out how to how to make things, how to do things again. I feel like I'm starting from scratch here, figuring out how to how I'm going to write and who I am with with this change. It's not like I can just like pretend like things are just normal. I mean, even the episode last week, like I didn't even know which way was up. I can't even believe I recorded that and released it, but I, you know, it's fun. But, 
yeah, no, I, I certainly don't know what what I'm doing right now, and uh, everything's just totally rearranged. But what else would we want from episode forty-five of of the show? Um, all right, the final post of the week. As I've sat down to write, I have remembered that I have to go downstairs and flip the laundry. If it was my laundry, I would ignore it, but it's for my daughter, so I should go deal with it one moment. Okay, her laundry is in the dryer now. It is more difficult to change her than I would have thought. She keeps her elbows and knees locked at impossible angles. She's stronger than I would have imagined, and it is true that I am intimidated by her. I saw that the moment she was born. I could see that she is entirely delicate and simultaneously much more powerful than I pretend to be. Um, I'm glad to have put that into, uh, to articulated that. Um, this way, that's what I was trying to, that whole diva thing, that's what I was trying to say. I think this is actually what I meant more so is like, she's very, so delicate and precious and extraordinary, um, all wrapped in one. It's, it's the, the, it's the irony of, of, of her that makes me want to call her a diva is like, when you think about these what that is is it's like they have this such like a beautiful talent such an transcendental extraordinary talent that's so large in life and so powerful but they're so delicate and they're like oh, all these silly stereotypes of like oh she's a diva she needs uh you know to have like um sliced pickles and um you know, uh, sparkling water and, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever the fuck. Um, but I get it and it's interesting. And I don't know, I guess I'm just kind of thinking of processing this whole thing of like being enough like natural being naturally extraordinary because you are exactly who you are and you're not trying to be anything else and it's your default state that's when i think of her that's it's it's um, so amazing like that's what makes me that's part of what makes me love her so much and then this other side of things where I spent my life um, feeling like I wasn't enough and feeling like I need to like prove that. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I guess it shows how wrong I was, I guess. And that's why that, that quote I read in the beginning stood out to me so much. The, the connection there. So, um, yeah, and and uh, really, I don't know, like, when she bends her elbow 
and I'm trying to like get her shirt on and she just like I'm trying to like move it straight it out but it's it's that whole thing of like she's the most delicate thing in the world but she's also like really strong and um I can only try to push so far before I won't before I feel like I'm gonna hurt her and so I stop and then she wins and it's like I'm overpowered by a baby <laughs> um and that's kind of the that's where we're at now but um it's a, it's a wonderful thing so there we have it today's episode of the earwig review and um stay tuned let me uh go through some other things all um i have a new um ebook if i can even call it that my little um i collect all of the the months worth of poems and make a little little book little pdf book and send it out um on the mailing list so um join the mailing list um go to my website www.joshuahalelbarski.com click the substack button and you can join the mailing list and get the those books and um, i'll do i'll also send out a, a monthly roundup of all the youtube videos that that i made in the month too um which is really um where most of my effort has been been going um lately and the the video we made for for Nora's um birth story uh was was really really special to make um so i'd invite you to to take a look at that as really like probably the the height of like my creative ability I don't know if I can do better or want to do better than than exactly what that that video was where it just felt like it I was able to express how I felt about how that went there was no bullshit and um I don't know I just really I was really happy to make that video and and uh you know most of this work I kind of share with whoever's on the mailing list and, you know, the ether. But Miriam went and kind of shared that with probably everyone in her cell phone um, that that she cares about. And um, I mean, I, I don't actually know the extent of it, um, but she's in it to a lot of people and our family, my family and her cousins and her family and everything. And I don't, it's, I don't even know my, what my parents think that I do half the time anymore. Um, so it's been a while since they've seen anything I've made. Um, but, and I wouldn't have sent it to them. I don't know. I just am kind of out of touch that way, but Miriam did. And, and I think my mom really was so happy to see that video. Um, and that, that meant a lot for her to for me to see her receive that to understand the the video that i made about the birth of our daughter and for her to 
really enjoy it and for her to see the meaning in it. As far as a lot of my insecurities and my, I don't know what, what all of this kind of neuroses of being a creative person and feeling successful or unsuccessful and all this stuff, like it's few and far between where I feel like my mom really getting her approval. That was, that was big. It was also really natural, but it also, it was like, wow, that's really good for my confidence because I've become too frightened to even share it, too frightened and jaded to even share this kind of work with, with my folks and my family anymore. Um, so that was really, I really appreciate, I feel really lucky that, that Miriam did that for, for us. And even more on a technical level, you know, I'm always looking for ways of like, well, what's the use of all of this stuff, of all of this creative stuff? And, you know, my folks are not in the same city as us and they, and they haven't been able to meet her yet. And by sharing that, that video, I think they were probably able to get a, a bigger, a more clear sense of like what happened and, and seeing video of her. And it's different than just some photos and whatever FaceTime. There's a lot more there. It's a lot more descriptive. So that was, uh, that was, it's just a really positive thing all around and it made it feel not so self-indulgent as, um, as it can and which I don't really want it to be. So it was good. A lot of growth, a lot of, a lot of good things. And, um, thank you for, uh, for listening today and um we'll see you again next week